Welcome to the Horns Up Half Hour, Cedar Hill ISD's podcast about scholars, staff, and community. Our guests will be individuals from the district and the community. This podcast is for anyone interested in expanding their knowledge of all things CHISD. Welcome to the Horns Up Half Hour podcast, uh, February post uh, board meeting edition. And I'm here with uh, board president Robert Riggs and board vice president Gail Sims. How are you all today? Doing good. How are you? Good morning. Good, good. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the uh, 2023 bond that's on the ballot for May 6th, uh, 2023. Um, And I know that you all recently decided to uh, place that on the ballot. So what can you tell me about that? So Michael, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I think that's an important part. Once the board places a bond onto the ballot, then that means that no longer can a board member speak in support. So, but we can offer facts and background uh, and um, then allow voters to make their own conclusions. Um, but in November, as you may remember, we had a bond, uh, three actual bond proposals that were on the ballot. And all three of those failed along with a Vader that was scheduled. And so uh, really looking back and, and thinking through that list of items, one of the one of the communications we received from our community was that uh, there was too much and it was too confusing and difficult to track. And so we stepped back and took that to heart uh, and thought through it. And, and so in this next um, election cycle on May 6th, the voters of Cedar Hill will be offered the opportunity to vote for or against a bond of $208 million dollars uh, that will affect all of the campuses uh, where students are enrolled and taking classes. And it will have a significant impact. Um, the six-month delay, effectively, from the loss of the, of the bond in November to if the bond passes in May, unfortunately, is going to cost taxpayers about $30 million of increased prices in construction. Um, as a result, we've made significant cuts in the scope of the bond uh, to try and bring that number back down. And so instead of what was a $207 million bond, is now a $208 million bond. So we were able to eliminate most of the increase in costs as, um, as it goes through. I think the screen froze. And Bessie Coleman will be eliminating the... Uh, nope. Am I back? Yeah. Yeah, so okay. yeah. If you want to say some of that again, you can. Sure. Sure. Um, uh, let me go back to the start. So safety and security is a major feature of this bond. And so the, the items that you'll see in the bond are security systems, uh, are uh, hardening, I'm going to say, of the vestibules where visitors come to engage to enter into the buildings, uh, mass alert systems, notification systems, a lot of electronic tools that we can use that can provide much more security uh, for all of our locations, including burglar alarms on the buildings. Um, but then also elementary schools get new playgrounds. Uh, High Point Elementary will be greatly improved with a significant renovation that will bring the fine arts pathway to that community school. and. Students from all over Cedar Hill will be able to attend that school of choice. 
Bessie Coleman will be upgraded substantially. Um, the other items that are there are the, uh, a bus uh, depot, basically. We will build and construct a transportation hub where instead of leasing a facility that's costing taxpayers almost $2 million every year, we'll be able to replace it with an owned facility um, at, at no rent, the amounts built into the bond. So um, that will be substantial savings ongoing that would, would be able to enhance what we're trying to do in the classrooms future on. So this is a, a big opportunity for uh, citizens of the district to evaluate the items that are there. By school, there's information available for every campus. And then soon you'll see um, QR codes go up, up on signs at each building where you can use your phone, your smartphone, hold it up, and go and take a look at what's being done uh, and the impact. So let me stop there and let Trustee Sims jump in as, as she would like. Um, you, you covered it very well, Robert, and I, I think it's important for people to get the facts, uh, just get the facts. And if you have any information, I mean, any questions, uh, any one of us are available to be able to give you the facts of what uh, we're looking for. May 6th, thank you. That's right. Um. right. Okay, and then the annual report was presented at the board meeting last uh, last week. Yeah, this is the Tapper report uh, that comes out once a year. We it, it's a compilation of multiple different performance measures that are done for the schools, everything from academic performance to um, to the breakdown of uh, who's attending, the demographic breakdown of what by a school and uh, by location and for the district. Uh, it's a very helpful tool in analyzing and letting us know how we compare with our competitors immediately around us and all the schools in, and all the districts, I should say, in um, the Texas region. So great tool, it, it, is an, it is a compilation of multiple tools and we've had a chance to look at each one of those tools as they come out during the year. But the Tapper Report pulls all those together and it's a really a, a great, great resource and one of the things that uh, uh, we did have on the taper was uh, uh, the fact that we we are a C district but uh, we are working very diligently to raise that back up uh, to where it would be and that the fact that it shows um, all of our staffing and how it is correctly uh, being sorry, uh, how it is correctly uh, being portrayed now on the table where before it, it, it had been incorrect. Right. Okay, great. And then um, we heard from uh, Tierney Tinnin about the uh, results of the Youth Truth Survey. What can you tell us about that? Sure. Uh, it, it, it is the survey is given to our third through 12th graders just to get uh, an idea of how they are, their feelings about school, their feelings about the teachers, uh, whether they're, they're really engaged uh, in what is going on, safety and security. There are a lot of different issues that they are looking at 
that the students are telling us about their school, about their teachers, about the culture, um, about uh, how they get along with other students and all. It's a lot of information that is uh, given. Yeah. So, this, so the district entered into a three-year contract um, last year, and so this is our second set of data that we've received in November. Um, as you, if you um, think back, uh, last November there was a push, a, a heavy run of COVID that was affecting students as they took this the first time. So we didn't know how accurate it would be or how good of a tool it would be, but it assesses the overall culture of each individual campus from the students as well as from the parents' perspective. And it compares us with all the other locations where they are running the same report. And it's had some really good information for us. Um, overall, we have a lot to improve. We have a lot of areas that we need to focus on. Uh, we need to work. And this has given us a very clear perspective um, to where it challenges us and where we are. One of the items of great news this last time was the amount was the improvement that we saw in kids who responded, you know, not kids, but students and scholars in all of our classes, including the high school, middle schools, and the lower levels. The academic expectations of them have gone up substantially in the last year. And uh, so that was a really positive report. It does give us good um, concrete information on, on safety and how the kids in the uh, parents feel about the safety of their children or the safety of themselves at school. And that's information that was very helpful as we met with Chief Hawthorne later in the, in the meeting period to kind of review some safety and security dates and updates from him. Okay, so you had uh, Lone Star Governance uh, Student Outcome Goals 2 and 3 that were discussed, um, how the district's doing on those measures. Yeah. Um, our student outcome goal number two is to increase the percentage of third grade uh, scholars reading at or above grade level uh, and student outcome, student outcome three is uh, on algebra one. Both of them showed us that we still have some work to do, although we are progressing and the fact that um, uh, some of what our uh, expectations are on the different uh, tests are showing that we are it looks as though we will be able to make our goals that uh, we have set for this year uh, it, it, it's it's we're, we're working we're working very diligently to get our student performance and academics up where it needs to be third grade reading of course is very important because that is kind of the beginning. Well, actually, back in second, uh, first grade, where we're really starting to make a push so that our students in third grade can be on grade level uh, because it's that's very important for moving further on during the, uh, their school, uh, time in school. Yeah, the, the Lone Star Governance overall processes um, the board back in 2019 made a decision to start running the district with this mindset um, that we would focus on four driving student goals that all of our decisions all of our focus priorities 
would be based on those four goals. Um, goal two and three are specifically dealing with academic performance. The first goal is also that, but it's, it's looking at college and career military readiness of our graduates when they finish the high school. And our outcome goal number four is engagement of the learner through extracurricular activities. So if students are involved in more than just academics, they're more likely to be, their heart's gonna be more into their academics and allow them to, to study and perform better. So goal two and three is really the core of what we're trying to improve. We wanna see our students improve in academic performance. At the young age, elementary, and if we can get a kid learning, a student, scholar, learning on uh, reading level at grade level, um, if by third grade, then they're going to be able to retain and observe and track and uh, continue to do well all the way through school, is what studies say. Algebra is the other early college indicator that lets you know that you're tracking well, and that's student goal two, two and three. Um, we are seeing progress. Uh, there's no secret to last year we were not satisfied with the performance of the district. Everyone in the district knows this is a goal and that we want to improve and achieve and that we're focused and we're talking about it in every meeting at every time. We're starting to see those leading indicators, those indications from early tests that are taken during the year that would indicate that we're starting to make the progress we want to make. We're not anywhere where we want to be, and it's not coming nearly as fast as we'd like it. But the district is focused on seeing overall performance improve, and we'll continue to work on it. We're going to do this by collecting data, making decisions based on that data, and determining if those decisions worked for us or didn't, and new ones if they didn't. So. Uh, we're on that direction, on that pursuit, and uh, I encourage you, if you're a part of the Cedar Hill team, to, to be focused on that. Um, if you're considering Cedar Hill for your scholars, know that's our direction. We may not get there immediately. That's where we're headed. Okay. Well, the um, collegiate spotlight, um, we had uh, Mr. Edmond speak to the board and talk about some of the things going on at Collegiate Academy and High School. So um, tell me about what you heard from Mr. Edmond. Yeah, Mr. Edmond's report was pretty fantastic, as you would expect from Collegiate. And it's uh, the program all the way through is, is outstanding. Um, their numbers, uh, just as we talked about academic performance, um, their school is leading the district. That is, we're utilizing uh, the lessons that we're learning in Mr. Edmond's class and in, and in his school and pushing those into other campuses. Um, we're seeing a lot of great performance and we're seeing some of the areas that weren't doing as high as they should have been, probably with uh, AP scores and with um, uh, following through on the SAT and ACT. And we're seeing even some of those indicators starting to move up, which typically takes some of the longest time to increase. So I'm pleased to see that. Um, he has a good handle on where his data is, where his teachers are performing well, what needs to be done, and uh, what um, uh, interventions are required to get those that are lagging behind moving. So uh, really a great report. For those that want to see the full report, I'd, reckon, I'd encourage you to find that on our website and, and go watch it. 
He's making very good progress. Uh, this is his second year uh, at Collegiate, and he had, has come in and really examined, really looked very closely at the students and their progress and how they are doing. And he's making the changes that need to be made in order to uh, meet the goals that uh, he has said that we are looking for as well. Okay, yeah, and it's a very exciting time for athletics. I know the girls' basketball went to the regional championship. Boys are in the um, regional quarterfinals for the first time in eight years. And then the boys' soccer, I don't want to speak too soon, but they're really on the right track to get to the playoffs for the first time in a decade. And then at your meeting, you had a chance to welcome the new head football coach slash assistant athletic director, Nick Ward. So talk about that. Yes, a former Cedar Hill coach, he is returning to us um, from Midlothian. Midlothian, yeah. yeah. Okay, he's returning to us, uh, at least I had the M right. (laughs) (laughs) He's returning to us as the head coach. Um, I like his focus. He is really uh, interested in not just being a football coach, but truly engaging uh, with his, with the students, with the uh, players. And one of the things he was very, very insistent on is that he plans on being engaged uh, very closely with those students. Um, and when you think about that, that is it, it, in the whole scheme of things, when we're talking about academics, when we're talking about performance, it takes uh, that individual, someone to be uh, a part of those students' lives and engaged in their lives. And I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, uh, Coach Ward is going to do. Yeah, we, we talked about Lone Star uh, governance, and the fourth outcome goal is to see our extracurriculars co-curriculars, those things that happen outside of class that binds a scholar to their students, to something bigger than themselves, that is important. And and to have success in our football team and our soccer team and our um, uh, basketball teams, both men and women's, um, across the board, that, that creates an excitement. It also encourages those students to continue to fight, and if they can be successful on the academics, which takes sacrifice, it takes effort, it takes determination and will, they can do that in the classroom. And so these are not uh, either or, these are both and, and we see these as a great positive. Um, We don't ever want to trade academics for great scholars, great students. Uh, I'm sorry, we don't want to ever trade scholars for academics. Uh, we want them to both be there. And so in the challenge that uh, we gave Coach Ward when he first came was, Coach Ward, you, you character of men, uh, participation, um, choosing good assistant coaches that are great teachers in the classroom, great characters and role models um, that will have an impact in these students. And seeing him also desire to be engaged with the middle schools all the way up, uh, partly to see his program um, core values and principles um, developed and grown early on. This is a time to make a long legacy 
be successful, but success will be determined by academic performance just as much as on the field performance. So pleased to see that, pleased to see these groups doing well. And it's um, as a uh, former um, parent of multiple soccer players that never made it to the playoffs. One, my oldest did, and it was one and done, but um, to see that and know the excitement for those kids um, that are in some of these other sports that are not, that don't have 10,000 people showing up on a Friday night, but, but play to a stadium of 20 people. Um, what an exciting time to be able to represent your uh, school in the, the, the state competition that's fantastic for them just excited that that might be a possibility okay and then also at the meeting you were um there was a budget amendment what can you share about that sure um, minor changes minor adjustments through budgets so that's the uh, these budget amendments come along and uh, they are uh, they, they happen frequently small amounts that our adjustments as um, we get closer to the end of the year where spending needs to be curtailed or adjusted. And uh, so um, appreciate our principals being on top of things and just passing those forward to us. I think one of the uh, big things, I, I, I don't know if it was this budget amendment or one before, was the fact that the Vader didn't pass. Right. And we had to make that $6 million adjustment uh, with our ESSER two funds and also uh, with the increase in property taxes, our leasing for that, uh, our rent for the uh, transportation went up. So uh, it, it's important when you look at the bonds coming up, uh, you know, being able to have our own uh, transportation center so that we are a able to kind of manage uh, those funds. Yeah. Okay, and then finally on May 6th, I know we talked about the bond, but we also have board elections now. Two of your colleagues are running unopposed, uh, Ramona Ross-Bacon and Dr. Denise Roach-Davis, but the fifth um, place five seat is going to be an open seat. Um, Dr. Martin has uh, decided not to run for re-election. So um, what can you tell me about this upcoming election? Yeah. Well, uh, there are three individuals who are running in that seat. Um, uh, Kim Rimmer, um, Will Campbell, Campbell yeah. Denisha Williams. Yes. I think her last name, Denisha Williams, are all running in that seat. Um, I would encourage everyone to come out, uh, cast your vote. I would encourage everyone to uh, do your work. Uh, Read up on each one of uh, the candidates so that you know uh, who is running and who is uh, planning on being a, a positive force for our district, uh, whoever that might be. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, it, it is interesting. Both the city council and the school board have a similar type situation where uh, the incumbent that did not run had multiple people file for the seats, and the incumbents that did choose to run were unopposed. And so um, that's, uh, I want to congratulate Dr. Roach Davis and uh, Ramona Ross Bacon. Congratulations to those two who will be continuing as board members at Cedar Hill. And uh, we do look forward, and thank you, 
thanks also to Dr. Martin for his service on the board. Yes, we appreciate yes. him and his um, very active life and, and being involved with this uh, with this kid that's in the district, and we wish him the very best. And we look forward to how this election will go. And we do think with ballots, bond election on um, the ballot, and then these also running for the place, um, there is reason to get out and vote. We want to encourage you to, to, to consider what's being put before you and the impact it could have and the changes for the district over time. This is an opportunity for you to have a voice in the student and the scholars uh, for the next, you know, five, ten years in Cedar Hill. We encourage you to be a part. Okay. And it's exciting to see that uh, people are engaged and people are wanting to work within the system uh, for our district and for our city. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, and we'll see you all uh, next month. All right. Thank you. Have a good day, guys.